Hey everybody, welcome to the Building Public Podcast. I'm your host, KP, and on this show, I interview world-class entrepreneurs, ambitious startup founders, creators, and builders on the internet who are boldly building the future in public. This podcast is my excuse to take you all on a curious journey to understand, learn, and hopefully be inspired by the worldviews, insights, and stories of these fabulous people changing the world. So far, I've gotten the rare privilege to sit down with incredible guests like Gary Vee, Alexis Ohanian, Kat Cole, Sahil Levingia, and many more leaders. So check out the full podcast listing at buildingpublicpodcast.com. Now buckle up and get ready for our latest episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Building Public Podcast. I'm your host, KP. And today I got a good friend of mine. I bribed him to be a guest here. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> this is an episode that has been in the making for at least two or three years. We've talked about you know, being on each other's podcasts. We've like had numerous calls strategizing about, you know, career, life, business. And I realized that I never really had Andrew on my podcast. So like this year, wanted to start it with a bang, you know, made a list of the people that I really wanted to have on the pod. And of course, Andrew made the cut. Andrew, would love to have you. Happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I am very honored to be here. I'm very excited for this conversation. Like you said, we've been having these conversations uh, offline. So it's kind of cool that we'll record this one. Yeah. So Andrew Barry, for the folks who may not know about you, Andrew, give our audience a quick take, 30, 40, 50, 60 second take on who you are, what you're building, and uh, what you're up to. Yeah. So I run a company called Curious Lion. Uh, we're a learning culture advisory firm for primarily sales teams and tech. So any you think of any sales team or a team of people that you've worked with, we help them become better versions of themselves a better, more high-performing team and therefore, you know, better revenue generators for their businesses. And we do that by focusing on holistic things like culture and behavior change and skill mastery, those kind of things. So it's been quite a wild journey, though. It didn't start like that, as, you know, I'm sure many that come on the show and many who listen will be familiar with. It's uh, definitely not a a linear path, but that's that's where we are now. It's an evolution. And even from what I know of Curious Line from last year, when we last talked about this topic, from now mm. to now, it feels like there was a tremendous amount of iteration and evolution. So, but let's step back, zoom out to your entire career as a whole. Yeah. Um, one thing that for, for folks who are listening and like, you know, this is something I have to put it out there. Like Andrew, when I think of Andrew, what comes to mind to me is this, this guy is Mr. Education and you have such a great grasp of, not just, you know, educating and like teaching frameworks and principles that are really helpful for people, but like, I feel like you have a way to inspire them to apply them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes a missing piece because, you know, education can be just very puristic endeavor. And you've, every time I talk mm-hmm. to you, I walk away feeling like, man, this guy's figured out a way to get people to apply these in their businesses or cohorts or, you know, mm-hmm. in their projects. And so mm-hmm. that, so I know you have a love, you have a heart for education Curious mm. line, I know you would describe it as an ed tech company, right? Mm. But where did it all start? Like, you know, you didn't wake up one day and think, all right, education is my calling, let's get there. What was your career like? Give us a step-by-step inflection point journey of yeah. your career. Yeah, so first of all, thanks for for, for kind of pinpointing it like that because that, that is, I think, a big part of it. It's it, it's how we learn is, is the thing, the question that I've always mm. been pursuing, right? How mm. do we really learn? And I've learned the answer to that question through my own learnings, 
Mm-hmm. You know, so the so the, the the sort of stepping points on this journey are those things that I've learned that, and some very like specific things around like being part of cohorts and courses that like you and I have built. We both I know have attended. I you know I'm, I'm always signing up for for new cohorts. I learn something new from them all the time, right? And like mm-hmm. that that idea of learning together and learning from your peers more than you do from you know your instructors and all, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so that I mean that that's where you and I can uh, have bonded on a lot in the past. But yeah, it all started in South Africa as on a career path to become a chartered accountant, mm. a professional accountant here in the US is called a CPA, a certified right. public accountant. And so yeah, in, in South Africa, I, I did that. I did the qualification, became a CA. I practiced for, whew, I mean, you had to do an apprenticeship for three years. So if that counts as practice, I did three years. But basically, as soon as that was over, I got out of there. But I didn't leave the firm. I was at KPMG at the time, I didn't leave because in that apprenticeship, like one of the core tenets or components of it is is training, right? So mm-hmm. live in-person training you do once or twice a year and you everyone would get together. And I just like fell in love with the role of the people that were standing up in front of the room. And I, I like, I wanted to do that. You know, I wanted, mm. I like uh, hang out with them afterwards. Like, how do I get this gig? How do you, you know, do that? So I basically figured out what that path looked like, made it happen. And so that, that moved me from Cape Town to Johannesburg, where I took on a job where I was just flying around the country for three weeks out of every month to for teach. Training. For training. For, right. Like, so not, not actually even teach, to facilitate, right? So right. like we did these like big facilitated workshops. And so that was amazing. I had so much fun, met some amazing people doing that and really kind of fell in love with the practice of facilitation. And then an opportunity came up to come here to the States to, le- to develop the material that we were using. Mm. And so I like I didn't know if I I was interested in like the the material development the instructional design piece of it yet, but I did know I wanted to come to America and hang out <laughs> and yeah have a, right. have a have a have a fun time for two years. So I jumped at that opportunity and and came here and I've never looked back. You know I had the two year thing it turned into three like we could talk about visas here I'm sure because yeah. I know you have had to go through that. So I did the the whole visa thing L one and stuff and then got a green card through KPMG and yeah I just I just kind of took on that career so here in the states for the for about 10 years i did developing a material and then it went into uh we, we had a, an executive education group so now we were also we were not just creating internal so we weren't creating internal anymore we were creating training but we were selling it so i got a bit of that mm-hmm. like business development experience as well um, but all right exactly yeah. or exactly but all in this world of education corporate right. you know education um, and how did that translate into starting curious lion yeah. So I, yeah, I, I got to a point there. So I did, I also like did a CPA here and everything I needed to like get qualified. And then that's how the green card came in. And so then I, I got to this point with that green card that I was, I, you know, now I had op- options, right? I wasn't, I wasn't stuck there. Uh, not that I, I don't regret any of my time. It was amazing. I learned a ton and, and I never right. would, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't at a, a firm of that size. But I, 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 my time came up when I just, I was stuck in a bit of the, you know, rat race of of work and it was just like the same thing every year so i also thought there was a better way to do what we were doing at Mm. the time i thought that better way was with high quality video production and so i was very yeah i was like very big into that and this is what 2011 12 when when was this this would this would have been no so i came to the states in 2009 and then i joined so then i joined a company there was a, a bridge between curious line which was like also for anybody listening like you know, taking these big, it looks like I left a big firm and I started my own company, but there was a really crucial, it's basically like 18 months where I, I joined a startup as a mm. stepping stone, which mm. gave me, it taught me how to like be self, 
sustaining and, and like figure shit out myself and you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't, I was still getting Saturday, you know, which it's right. like, like what we did it on deck, right? right? Like it was, so you get like the best you had of the both ownership ones. almost like you had exactly. the, the uh, autonomy, but also you were, you know, you had a paycheck. Exactly. Were you full time there at that startup? I was. Yeah. So that was for, yeah, like I said, about 18 months. I, so it was actually started as a company called Lobster Inc. They were eventually acquired by Ecolab after I had left, but the founders were friends of mine from, from South Africa. So wildly successful. It was a lot of fun. It was in the hospitality industry. So we were working with Marriott and Hilton, the companies like that. And so it was a job of, I, I basically helped them establish an office in the States and I ran that office for them. And then I eventually sort of took over some of the, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the, the sort of head of learning kind of role, you know? So like what, what was the product we were creating? And I learned there. So we had a bit, they had a big Cape Town office. I'd often fly back to, to be at that was filled with film school graduates so i learned a ton about the science of filmmaking from these people who and we were going around filming at hotels and creating you know training for these big chains these big brands yeah so that was a good little stepping stone and then but like i always knew that i wanted to do my own thing you know and so yeah about just over a year 18 months into it i took the plunge i'd built up like i never forget like i this is also like it's so it's easy to look back right you can sort of connect the dots but you never you never know going in like i so i had thought I had built up the courage to do this because I thought I had a friend who I used to work with at KPMG who had moved to JP Morgan. We had a great relationship. He was in a sort of buying, you know, I had a bit of buying power. I was like, oh, cool. Like conversations that had started a bit. I was like, this is it. Like, this will be my first client. It'll pay, you know, this is like, this is worth the risk, you know? Right. And to this day, I've never worked. They've, I've never had an, a, a purchase order from JP Morgan. <laughs> like, <laughs> never done any work with them, you know? But it, whatever it was, it was the thing that like gave me the confidence to do that. And then, you know, it just hustled, 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 hustled. So tell me about the first three or maybe for six months of your journey at Curious Lion. Oh like, my God. What yeah. do you remember distinctly? Like, what was the mood like? What was the like mindset in your head those mm. first six months? Yeah. And so this um, be your income. So clearly that, that, so you didn't have that easy no, start you thought. No. So there, was, there, so there was a period. So we were living in Harlem in New York City at the time, and which was great. You know, it was fun. Like it, Harlem was like really up and coming at the time. So there was like this, and I remember it was a summer. So there was this like, there was like a, you know, it was a building of energy and excitement. Mm. I was super excited, but it it started to drag along. And like, you know, I wasn't getting calls. I wasn't getting emails. Like things weren't happening. And your was, MVP was, what was your MVP? Like what was your offer at the time? I, it was, I mean, geez, I had looked back. I had so much to learn, right? So I didn't know, I didn't know anything about marketing, anything about sales. Any, so like I was figuring stuff out, but basically what I thought I'd be doing is I would be basically like instructional design work for companies and, and, and really all like it was. consultant. Just yeah. Instructional yeah. Design. Yeah. Yeah. But from, from the beginning, I, I always used the Royal We. I like made it sound like as a company, but it was just me, you know, like it was just me just figuring it out. And it was, it, I probably, yeah, yeah <laughs> right. I, I, agency, right. Yeah, 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 totally. And I was trying to, you know, trying to get in the door with companies like JP Morgan, like trying to pretend like I was a lot, big, a lot bigger than we were. Right. Um, but it was, it was fun because I was learning. I was learning all the time. And I, I'll, I'll say there was a the big unlock that came. But uh, the other thing I was starting to do on the side is I was like, oh, I'm going to create courses and sell them. Mm -hmm. And I remember, think, I remember thinking it was the easiest thing in the world. And I just like, I would like make these videos and right. do these like, you know, splash pages. I'd create like uh, landing pages. And stuff. And, but like, I actually also knew absolutely nothing about it. And, right. and like, I, I cringe at, at those right. things that I was building then. Well, that's a sign of growth, right? That's like, that's... Yeah. that's that's great. Totally. That means you've grown exponentially it, since then. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's like, it's one of my favorite. I think um, 
uh, Julian Shapiro wrote about this, and, and it's, a, it's like he, he wrote a great piece that referenced a lot of the people that have talked about this before, and it's the, the faucet. I don't know if you yeah, read that article, yep, right? Yep. I needed to like get all that shitty brown water shitty out. Brand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it the took, bad rainwater out, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it, um, it, you know, it took me probably longer than I would have wanted, but, but I, so yeah, at the time I also started taking some online courses and so like rite of passage, building a second brain. I see Tiago's book there behind you. Yeah. He was on the like part too, of course. Yeah. 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 So like I, I learned a ton obviously from those courses, but I also learned like that those to me, those indie, early indie course creators were the ones that really had figured out because they had to, right? Because they were like, the, the market was determined like their success, right? So they had to iterate fast and, you know, all, all the things that we know around building a business because that's what they were doing. And through that, they learned what works. Yeah. Yeah. But they learned what works. They learned how people really learn. Mm. And it's about, and it's that cohorts and the accountability and the, mm. you know, the, the, just like the way you position content and what you get people to do with it and doing being the operative word, like getting people to take action and right. giving each other feed, all that sort of stuff. And that wasn't happening in mm. corporate at all right. you know so yeah around that time i opportunistically made friends with someone at a company who had just joined a company uh called pager duty who went on to ipo and i mean they're yeah, a, a, ma a massive company, company now company yeah now. yeah yeah and this, so this was pre-ipo and she had just joined and and she's like i don't have any budget right now but we kept <laughs> in touch and she was you know she was great we became really really good friends and a year later she came back to me she's like i've got this you know a little bit of budget got this little idea and, and so we started doing small you know small little POs together and little little SOWs and, and then and, you know one thing led to another and then to another they're still a client of ours you know one of our biggest clients wow. and it was at PagerDuty and with her her name's Felicia her name was Felicia Jones she she passed away sadly oh. and suddenly oh, uh, last wow. year and it's very tragic because she was an incredible woman who had wow. an incredible vision for how to develop talent. And so, and it was, and it was amazing to, to work with her and, and get to bounce ideas with her. And so I give her a lot of credit for a lot of the ideas that I, I now talk about, you know, all the mm. time, because it was, she gave me a chance to actually put them into practice right. at PagerDuty, you know, yeah. and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Remember, we, we always talked about belief capital, right? When, you know, yeah. we were on deck. And I think one yeah. of the things that I always thought that was interesting was, it's those people who spark that imagination, who kindle that fire in you and yeah. then they give you that sort of keys to the kingdom to like, even I felt that when I was at on deck and, you know, to, to an extent when you were there too, we yeah. all had these hypotheses around like, here's how I would want to do it. Here's how I want to trust this. And then I felt like we were empowered to do them. Definitely. You know, um, I agree. The first cohorts and like, you know, you had a fantastic cohort on deck course creators, yeah. which I still remember like one, it was like, Crazy. Those times were crazy. Like one of the best wild. buzzing, yeah. you know, yeah. thing that I've I felt from outside in. And I know a lot of friends who took that. So so yeah. it's those people who not only open the door but like say, do the thing that you want to do. Like do you know, like yeah. put your philosophy into practice. Yeah. They're the special ones. They're always the special ones. Totally. Me. Totally. Um, and I'll so I'll never for, never forget her. And yeah. and you're right. It was belief capital that was backed up by yeah. like actual capital yeah yeah that's right? you right like, yeah, I, I yeah also give you means to kind of extend your runway and like yeah. be, in, be in business yeah and that's fantastic i mean that is a great segue to talk about how we learn and um mm. i think it's it's a topic that's so close to my heart and i remember one of my first conversations with you we jammed on this for like i don't know 45 minutes on a call yeah because i found out that the best way that i learned was not very obvious to me growing up, despite the fact that I was an academic and uh, I, was a, I, was, I was a topper, I was top 1%, all these things. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I did it 
by cramming facts and data, and like, you know, the very <laughs> yeah. Indian, the Desi way. And like, I never really enjoyed it. Never really, it really didn't drive me as much. Yeah. You know, I just did it just yeah, for yeah. the books, right? Only in the last five years, I fell in love with learning. But I realized this framework around, you have to first seek, you know, and this is my framework and I want to hear your framework. You, there's like the triangle that I've th- I, I keep thinking about. There's this seek first, which means you have to really be curious. Mm-hmm. Really, you have to, dr- it has to come out of your personal curiosity. You can't fake it. That's we authentically yeah. curious, which is what I try to do on the podcast as well, in my Twitter as yeah. well. Anytime I try to not be curious, it always bombs. And yeah, yeah, anytime yeah. I'm genuinely curious, I gather this weird like confidence to ask mm-hmm. the thing that most people are afraid to ask mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm doing it for myself selfishly. Yeah. There's that curiosity, yeah. there's the seeking thing. And then once you seek, you hear new insight, and then I go to do. Immediately apply mm-hmm. that insight. Because if yeah. you're not applying it, it, it evaporates quickly. And then mm-hmm. you, it goes, you know, like there's so many insights that we've heard of, which sound smart, yeah. but we never applied. So we don't even know if they work. Mm. So mm. you go from do, and then after do, you go to teach. And that's my yes. favorite thing, which I never knew. Because I thought yeah. you just, you know, learn and do, learn and do. But actually, when you teach, you learn twice because you're having to revise it in your head before you say it out because you don't want to sound yeah. stupid. And the people around you, if they're high caliber, they will actually ask you really intellectually stimulating questions so you cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. So that's the triangle that I have in my mind where you, you learn, you do, you teach, and then you come back to learn yeah. again, what, fill the gaps. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's yeah. worked tremendously well, but it cannot do it alone. You can't do it alone. No. You will need other peers who are also in the same path with you to for for this to come to fruition and for this for you to like really reach that top level you know what has been your journey with like figuring out how you learn oh yeah that's a good question and and i think the answer is what i put into to what we do right Mm. what we're trying to create which is so a few things you mentioned the word curiosity and like to me is so key it's no coincidence that curious lion is the name yeah right (laughs) Right, of course it all it all starts there, 100%. I love the triangle. I totally agree with those points. I think these things could fit in one of those three, but just for, for added nuance, I, would, I often talk about reflection. And mm. it's like reflection is kind of built into that, like the teaching part, there's right. reflection, but like also after doing, you should reflect. Right. So just you know, making sure you hit that, that one. And then sharing often comes before teaching where mm. it's just, here's what I've learned, yeah. right? And then, and then like, you know, that sort of gives I feel like, permission. I feel like reflection and sharing are like two adjacent steps right when you reflect, totally right or exactly reflecting exactly. private on in your journal right and or share. yeah you can take those lessons and turn, put it on content and then that's sharing with others yeah exactly and building in public yeah. is a great example of yeah. all this yeah um so yeah so i i so yeah that, I, I had learned that through through my journey mm. as this is and now it serves it serves me well mm. right every time like right now i'm learning about business development sales process because that's the function i need to be focused on building for curious line and so i'm doing i'm following the exact same approach Mm. right i I went to i went to an event and that's the one that we're talking about offline in atlanta now i'm like putting into practice these things Mm. a little accountability group that we're sharing what we're learning so so yeah put that into practice now flipping this right so i always think of this through the lens of how do we teach others right you know like and so i think this also brings a key point which is if anybody out there it you know is is also just thinking of this for themselves as a learner you can't force someone to learn yeah right you can't you can all you can do is create the conditions for learning yeah. to happen wow and what that means to an individual is that when i stopped thinking of learning as like to your point about cramming yeah. you know, for like as we taught at school right. right like learning as this like point in time event that has that is like 
you have there's a completion date right like learning doesn't end right it does there's no end you can't learn and then you've learned all there is to learn like you as soon as i started thinking about learning as like lifelong learning like i'm always learning learning is a process then it just unlocked everything. Now I'm, I'm learning all the time. And I one example of this, I encourage everyone in my team to share. We have this thing, we have this scoreboard, like we, we track key metrics. And one of them is, what have you learned this mm. week? And I said, like, it's anything. It doesn't have to be something related to work. So we've got someone who's like interested in Greek mythology mm. and another one who's like learning about gardening you know it's like that's it's just so like and to me the value of that is recognize that you're learning all the time yeah and then you can start to think how are you learning right and then you can start to get better at that yeah no i think you touched on something brilliant there which is you know i I actually don't think a lot of people actively think about their weekly reflection and like even think like Mm. what have i learned in the last week or even like what have i learned today and the more you exercise that it it has to be a muscle something like that where Learning, I think, is like a muscle where the more you feel like you're learning, the more you want to learn, you know, like newer things and you're, you get curious. And what happens is you just tend to observe reality more. A lot of people, I feel like, are totally. just like sleeping at the wheel or like, you know, they're totally. just, you know, not observing, taking in. There's this beautiful saying once I heard where, like, if you aren't feeling astonished by world around you every once in a yeah. while, you're freaking sleeping, yeah. you know? And I thought that was yeah. so crazy because adults, like as one thing that I love and I, I'm curious to hear how you feel about Leo is that I challenge myself when I'm next to Neil to be as amazed mm. about everything that he yes. is, you know? It's hard to be amazed as an adult because you have this cynical point of view. Like you see people on Twitter, you see people on LinkedIn, yeah. everyone's like dunking on each other. There's this cynical yeah. nature to adult yeah. life. Like everything is a joke, sarcastic. But yeah. that awe, and wonder that kids have, mm. you know, about mm-hmm. the basics. And that is how you create the next element in the mm. periodic table, right? You don't create yeah, the next, you don't exactly. invent it by just saying, oh, by being cynical, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we lose that totally. as well sometimes because we just get yeah. scared away, you know? We do, we do. We get distracted, we get, our attention is weak. I mean, it's constantly getting pulled from us. Yeah. It's like forces against it. You have to take control of that. You really have to be um, around you, people you know, who are curious as well. Yeah. You, totally. And it goes, so that's, yeah, exactly. It goes back to, you said, it was the beginning of all of this was authentic curiosity. Whenever yeah. you have that, you are able to follow that rabbit hole as long as you need to, right? Yeah. So it all starts with that. And, there's, and motivation is an element of that as well. So yeah. if you have authentic curiosity, motivation will be there as well because, yeah. you know, you'll want to, to keep learning about it. So, that's super key and oh the point yeah just sitting with my son like i that is it's actually such a gift to, yeah. to have that in your in your home yeah you know, to like remind you like oh shit like without a doubt the best times i have with him is when i'm sitting there with that like same wonder yeah in, in, as a state of being and yeah yeah it's it's so much fun i mean i am it, it just like it, it feels the other thing that i learned from neo which you know i know it sounds really silly i know at like a meta level this sounds silly like two grown-ass men talking about their toddlers learning from them but i think <laughs> i think that is the point because this is considered silly to most majority of the population and hence they're missing the point point. and what, I, what yeah. I, when i when i watch neil who's like 21 months old for anyone listening leo is three years roughly close to right mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Leo's yep. Andrew's son. Neil just doesn't give up when he fails. I am shocked. Yeah. At that. Like he has no ego and doesn't give a shit what you and I think. <laughs> if he wants to yeah. like get that, he's like trying to reach for things. If he wants to get that thing fridge magnet on the fridge, he will get it. He will jump, jump, jump. And sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. are you crazy? It's 88th time and he's still trying. And you're like, what the <laughs> yeah. hell, man? Like, you know, and so there's yeah. this like unbridled optimism in him that I love. Yeah. 
And I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm not around people like that a lot. You know, like a lot of my mm-hmm. age, people are like freaking cynical. Like it was, people yeah. are cynical about Web3, people are cynical about AI, people are cynical about any boom, any trend. Instead of peeling the onion and trying to like discover what's inside with curiosity. And if you don't like it, fine. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we just like right. are quick to brush things off, quick to give up yeah. as well. Like even with business, what I the, the thing that's been shocking to me, Andrew, the last three, three four months, and I, this, you'll, you'll get a laugh at this, is that when I talked to you last time, I think both of us agree, can agree that we both thought that I had enough business skills to be an entrepreneur. We a founder of myself, right? Definitely. So I've already told you to. <laughs> well, you told me to, I remember. Yeah. So go for a KP. All right. I left on deck. Yeah. After that, we, we I, left, I joined day one, just as a yep. one last, you know, chapter, one yep. last um, stepping stone. Stepping stone. And I felt that I was doing exactly what I was doing it on deck, which is kind of, I'm just extending this inevitable thing. Like if yeah. I want to be a founder, I got to go figure this out myself, do it. And so day yeah. one was awesome. No, and then I had no complaints, lovely team. But mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this, I got to go do this thing. Since November, I've been punched in the face every week by yep. reality yep. and by things that are out of my control. And it's so yep. fascinating, frustrating, actually, you know, yeah, lots of yeah. fascinating, depending on how I but look also, at it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, how can you, and I just taught 500 people how to build business at OnTech and I'm like punched right. in the face, you know, right. in, in November and December and January. I'm like, wow, mm. you know, is is and so back to your point around, like you think one thing and you enter the arena. Yes. The arena uh, changes, the conditions change, the market con- macro conditions change, you know? Yeah. All these things change and you're like, wow, you know? But, um, yeah. But, but going back to it and then I've noticed that Sometimes their self-talk in me says, you're trying too hard. You're trying too many times. When I'm yes. comparing myself with my peers. But when yes. I compare myself with Neil, there's no such thing as you're trying too hard, trying too many times. Because yes. he doesn't understand the concept of failure. He just like will keep trying until he gets yeah. it. And then he moves on to the next thing. So yeah. back to what I asked you about the first six months. In retrospect, you probably don't even think about it today on a, on a weekly or daily basis about how the six months were. No, right? no. But it was important no, for you to go through that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And in fact, that's, I think, is a key point that you just, you just teased out about also about how we learn. And that is, by the way, I love that you said you like, I felt like you're reading my mind because the man in the arena yeah. sort of speech came into yeah. mind. And then you you said into the arena. So it is, that is, that. so that was me at Lobster as well. I was like one foot away from the arena. Right. It wasn't until I put my foot Both in the arena in. Yeah. and and took those punches, you know, to the face that you learn. Yeah. And, and so like a key part of learning is realizing that I mean, this is like, it's become trite now to say this, but it's actually like, I don't think people like fully understand what it means. Failure is important. Yeah. Failure is learning. Wow. Like really, really Mm. understand that. Like be okay with failure. I say this to my team all the time. I'd much rather have you make a mistake Mm. than not do anything at all than be paralyzed by fear or, you know, whatever. Like, so that for me is just like, you've got to deal with the consequences of it and yeah. like trust the process, trust yeah. yourself that you will deal with it. Yeah. Like that's, and that's how you build resilience yeah. and all, you know, there's, there's just so many benefits to this, but it's hard. I mean, it's hard. I, it took me until my thirties to, to get the courage to right. do it. And I think, you know, failing, you know, there's, there's a lot of people like probably because of school and how we learned initially, we failed in private in school in a way. Yes. Because you were like most people, like who knew that you had a D in yeah. math or science, like maybe like 25 people. Now right. the whole 45,000 people followers that I have will get to see that <laughs> KP is failing in public, you know? Yeah. So the hit is harder if I fail or if I'm like, you know, picking myself up. But that's exactly why I think you should keep going, you know? And so the more I think about it, it's like, 
this is why a lot of people are so attached to W2 jobs. They're, they're so attached to mm. not taking a risk, not following their heart because they don't want to fail and look like a fool in front of their friends and family and mm. the world, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But the other side of failure is learning in what you just said. And I thought exactly. that's brilliant. You know, like failure is just the means to learn. To learn. To learn. So and, and all these indie creators that you said learned much faster is not a miracle, not, a, not an accident. It's because right. they just went through that tunnel many, many yeah. times over and over again because they had to. Yeah, they like, had to to get product market fit yeah. and, and build a sustainable business. The, yeah. the number of business ideas I've tested in the last 40 days, insanely high compared to the last three years. Because I that's have amazing. to. Because I have no... Well, that's a lot. There's no 30 that's a lot coming from you. Right, coming from me, given like, I all, yeah. like you know. But, but You already did a lot, yeah. <laughs> but Andrew, this hits so different. Like, this is so different yeah. because at the 31st, as a grown-ass man, you know, I have a family, <laughs> the money doesn't hit the bank account. So there's no yeah. paycheck. And so I got to keep paying the bills. And like, it hits yeah. different compared to side projects. And like, it's kind of like, right, like right, it's like right. dating versus committing and marrying something. It's like yeah. different, right? Like casual yeah. dating is not. So now I look back at my own self from when I, when we were to work together at on deck and something like that was cringe KP. That's like nothing. Mm. This mm. is the real resilient KP. Cause I'm like, every yes. day I'm getting punched in the face. And that kid was, yes. he was like, yeah, I had the talents. I had all these, you know, yeah. all these great things. And I, but I played it in the easy mode. Like yes. I had a huge paycheck from on deck helping me yeah. every month. And I'm like, they get to be, I get to be me. Now I'm like, whoa, this is, this is, you know, different. So I have more respect for people who are in the and, arena now. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think you'd agree with me when you say that those side projects never really had a chance to be anything truly big because no. you didn't have no your entire heart yeah. and soul yes. behind them no. like you do now. Yeah. And the commitment and like to your point, like when I'm working with a client now, I'm committed. They've never yeah. seen me. Like, so they're shocked. They're shocked because I worked some of, some of these clients, you know, part-time like, or I would do like some growth consulting, some product hunt help here and there. Mm. I would like barely show up because I had this entitlement that mm. um, I don't need this. Like, right. I'm like, I got, I, I, I'm me, you know, like right. I don't need this. Now I go 120% in every project because I need yeah. this. But also right. this is the standard that I have to set for the next few years and months, you know, for me. So I'm yeah. like, yeah. I got to live up to my own, you know, I have to embody the excellent standard that I want yeah. to set, right? So I can't like yeah. dick around. Like, so I'm like very, yeah, like a lot of my you clients know. were like shocked that I'm like hands-on. I'm like, yeah, hands-on. Yeah. You're getting that's full KP now. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's an important thing for, for anybody who's, who's thinking about doing this. And like, again, I, I only say this stuff with the benefit of hindsight, right? It's yeah. not something, you know, kind of going in, but like, you have to do that. There, there's an element of like, you have to pay your school fees, right? Yeah. You have to like earn your dues yeah. in, in doing this. Also in doing that and being fully committed and hands-on, you're going to learn, you're going to tighten that feedback loop yes. and that learning flywheel so much, like so much, you're going to lock it in. So there's just so many benefits to this. Yeah. And so like, I kind of like want to say to people, like, it's going to be okay. Like you just have, you have to fuck up. You have to lose some money. You have to make mistakes and you right. have to piss people off. And like, th don't worry. Like it, the market's big enough. There are a lot of people out there that like it, you will find your people, you will find your stuff. And this is the only way to do it is kind of just bash through walls. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, no half measures, right? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's been, it's been quite a humbling experience, man. You know, it is uh, though. quite a <laughs> yes. humbling experience. So moving on to some of the frameworks that you have mm, yeah. developed over the years, you know, do you want to touch on like one or two really impactful yeah. frameworks that really helped you or you've seen them benefit people? Yeah. So the one like, it, 
this was just something I, I started sharing online was this idea of the circle of learning. But that is essentially that triangle you drew out is, right. is that. Um, so that was, I was surprised, quite frankly, how a corp, how, how much of, a, of an impact that had on a corporate audience. That right. felt like kind of obvious right. to me, but that's one of these cool things that I think you might have written about, we def- maybe talked about. It's like, it's the, actually Nicholas Cole and yeah, Dickie yeah, Bush yeah, talk yeah. about Nicholas Cole. Yeah, the, uh, it's like, it's like what's obvious to you is the yeah. stuff that you should yeah. be you should be talking, talking about, about whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like the, yeah. Even the belief capital stuff, like you, you and I, yeah. I think we just know in our DNA what it means. But right. when I talk to some people, they're like they don't get it, and You're so right. they I haven't had have that lived experience yeah. that you and I have. The other thing, well, exactly, like as an immigrant in America, I was an H one, you were an L one. Mm. What's obvious to you and me is the the visa maze, the visa circuits that we had to right. jump jump through. That's very obvious, and we accepted that, and we you know now we mm. have green cards and so. But that's not mm. obvious to even my wife, who is American, who yeah. didn't have to go through any of that shit. So when she's yeah. some of the documentation, like I have a big chunk of, she's like, "Wow," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. to America." And she's like, wow. "You know." So right, your lived experience is yeah. your moat. I think yeah. a lot of people don't really lean into it. You know? Yeah, because it's 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 too obvious to it's them. Too obvious, it's and like, you think that oh, there yeah. has to be something fancy TM. No, right, right, right. Yeah, it's actually the like it, the, if you're able the, the skills in expressing the simplest ideas yeah. in the most sort of clear way possible. Right. That's sort of the game. I, uh, I've been of marketing. Andrew, I've been like the last whatever three four months. I've been sort of going back and looking at my own life and my own career, my own history, and like kind of like thinking at what is obvious to me. What mm. is thing? What are things that I said casually at on deck to you or to mm. a bunch of people? Like, and I'm like because that is not that obvious to a lot of people out there. Right. You know, your your philosophy around continuous learning, the life cycle, that I, I don't think that's very, very obvious. I know a lot of yeah. people that, who don't know that framework. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Yeah. not looking to recreate the wheel and like come up with like something that's like too fancy, too sophisticated. Yeah. I'm returning to the roots, like even building yeah. public, which is so obvious to me. Yeah. Even <laughs> now, today, there are still debates on IndieHackers.com, ProductHunt.com, and like some bunch of podcasts, people who are still yeah. debating the merits and and I felt yeah. when I was in no code, this is 2018, yeah. I saw the debate of no code versus code doing being so distractive. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is that leverage the technology, mm. build something mm. awesome as a non-technical person and move on. Why are you engaging with this bullshit you know, <laughs> like political debate on this? There are people right. still debating about these two things. And I'm like... I can't believe it. I made a career and moved on from the career out of it. And you're still debating yeah, about this. Still talking about it. These are the people that don't don't want to get in the arena. Right. Right. And they're like yeah. waiting for the right sort of war cry to jump into the arena. Yeah. And ironically, I also expected this and I want to hear what you felt. I, for the longest time in my life, I knew that I was going to start something on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. It was this subtle, quiet calling. Yeah. I always had. Yeah. But the thing that got me into the arena after day one, I was hoping, I was looking for a siren, but yeah. I just heard a whisper. It was not a siren. It was just yeah. like, it, just do it. It's, an, it's inside, it's inside as well, right? It's very, it's yeah, very yeah. quiet. It's not like a, yeah, yeah I, I now I know exactly how I'm going to win. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just jumped in. So I'm curious how you felt when you first. Yeah. Know. Well, I, it's exactly the same. And this is why I loved. You, everything you ever wrote and said about building in public, because to me, it is, I learned about that through you. And then it became the mechanism mm. for turning that voice, that whisper inside into a roar yeah. through the process of 
engaging with like-minded people. Yeah. So by putting your ideas out there, you are inviting feedback. Yeah. That feedback is going to be negative and it's going to be positive right. and it's going to, and it's your job to like navigate through that and learn from what the feedback from what, you know, so you still have to own, you still have to take ownership of it. You can't have your, your winds swept, you know, every, like your sails or whatever slept, swept every way from one negative thing takes you this direction. One point, you know, you have to, you got to like welcome that feedback, take it on board, learn from it, figure out and then iterate and iterate, right. you know, as, you, you as, remember, you remember the who wants to be a millionaire show. And there was this, uh, audience poll thing they do where mm. like if you don't know mm. one of the lifelines exactly if you don't know the answer you ask the audience That's ultimately exactly. you still have to press you the button to decide right you still <laughs> exactly. have to decide like you just don't go blind if they're like saying yeah. oh you know the earth is flat you're not, you're not gonna click flat right like you yeah. to use your own yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think building in public and the feedback that like people are always asking me of this kp like what do you uh, think about people like i'm like it's an educated guess but I rather, Dude, I, much rather have that over totally blindly but, guessing. But I totally agree, and and building in public to me is the cheat code yes. for making that guess easier. Easier, it makes it so much easier. So, and I, let me, I'm going to give you this example now because you, this is the show to do it on, and yeah. it's like it's it's like coming. It's I'm only going to start this on Monday, so right. uh, which is I know people will probably listen to this later, but by the time you listen to this, it'll be. Early, early days. And we'll and include it I'm in the using, notes so they can go there. Uh, awesome, awesome. And so I'm going to do the KP playbook here. I'm going to make try and make this as like practical as possible. I am working on this idea called total enablement. Mm -hmm. And it's it, it's a way to the, a container to describe all the things I've talked about for what I think is the uh, a bottoms up holistic approach, the best way to train sales teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what that's what we do. That's our, that's our work. So total enablement is the, and, and again, Nicholas Cole, I learned from him, like uh, it's the category. Mm. I'm attempting to create a category nice. that is not, I'm not trying to push the offer that the, the you know, we have an offer, of course, but it's the category. I want people to look at this and go, I can get behind this and I can make it bigger. I can contribute to the right. idea. Right. And I, we will benefit as a company for sure. And cause it'll, but, but we'll benefit in ways, not just, from sales, we'll have people that go, I want to be part of that movement. So I, I'll, I hopefully will find talent pipelines and, and partners and suppliers and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So that's kind of the goal. And, and so I've written, I've spent the whole of January writing an essay on what this idea of total enablement is. It is now 10,000 words. Wow. Um, I actually just printed a, a draft that I'm happy with like wow. this morning. Okay. So that is now going to get turned into, this is the thing. I don't know. I don't know if people have done this on LinkedIn yet, but it's the KP playbook. And this is what I'm going to attempt to do. So every week, Monday through Friday, I'll be posting, I'm going to basically post like pages from this thing. Yeah, it'll, it'll make sense as a standalone post, right. but yeah. But if you follow in theory, if you follow my account every single Monday through Friday for however many weeks it's going to take, you will basically read this entire essay. Right. And, and so like, so, so I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to like do some cool stuff, like try to add a like, comment to the bottom to give people almost like a back button and a forward button, you know, it's like yeah. jump to different parts right. of the post and stuff. Right. And then, so what I hope happens from this, and, and I, look, this could totally flop and like, you know, and we'll go back to the drawing board and that's right. fine. But like, this will Remember tell me very about, quickly. And that's yeah. the price you should be willing to pay, right? The failure totally. is the oh, means God. Like to I, that hand. This will, learning. Totally. Yeah. This will speed it up so much. That's why I say it's a cheat code because right. it will tell me definitively whether people care about this or not. Yeah. If they don't. Right, I'll go and write another yeah. ten thousand word essay right. or whatever, you know. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out, and so that's basically what I'm doing. And so it's gonna go out there, and, and we'll see. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's like we really just will see. Like, if if either people I think are gonna come, kind of get like it, the imagination will be captured, and people will start to you know jump in and add to it, and, and you'll see that 
visibly in, right. in these posts or people won't care and it will fizzle out It'll and then lukewarm. people yeah. yeah and then i'll go off and do my next thing and people no, no one will remember that and right. it's fine and you just you just keep you know keep moving forward so i think it's you know the the one metaphor that comes to me is it's kind of like playing a melody and seeing if it resonates and then making the rest of the song totally like, and it's like you're yeah. looking for the hit you know and i think yeah I made an expensive mistake recently, Andrew, and I haven't shared this with anybody, but I want to, since on the in, in, in theme of transparency, I yeah. recently finished writing the 18th chapter of my founder's manual, which is, you know, my digital product called buildingpublicfoundersmanual.com. Mm -hmm. So folks, if you're interested, check it out. But man, oh man, I, I went into it not with this sense of curiosity. I went mm. into it to put a stake in the ground, which is something mm. that I shouldn't have done. And, and I'm not, yeah. not, this is nothing to do with total enablement, but it's like my story where I teased out this and I went into the cave and built the, built the whole thing in silo, which is not what I do. Right. I'm a public guy, right? But right. because I was afraid that I was not giving them enough comprehensive, like end-to-end -end material, I had to yeah. go away and just kind of write the whole thing, get it out of yeah. my head, put it all in the, in the dock. So I estimated six chapters and 12 days as a deadline. Mm -hmm. It took 18 chapters, 43 days to finish. So I learned, you know, about myself in this journey is that yeah. I am untrustworthy when it comes to building in silo. Like I cannot, yeah. if I say, if I'm left to my own means, if, if you ask me to draw an elephant, I'll draw you a safari. Yeah. A forest. yeah. That's the problem. Like, it's just because yeah. you know, I'm an educator. Like, you're an educator. Like, I have so many things right. to say, so many topics to cover, so many angles to cover. Right, right. But is that what the student wants? Yeah, no. I you don't know, it. right. I yeah. crush it in live workshops and live sessions and live Q&A because I always wait as the listener in me comes in. And, like, I always wait mm. until what, they, what I hear, what they want, and then I give that mm. plus a little yeah. bit more. But yeah. if there's nobody there telling me what they want, I imagine yeah. what they may want. And I just write the whole freaking Mahabharat, you know, epic, like the whole, <laughs> the grand story, right? Like, right. And, right. and then I publish it. And then, so what happened was the published, I, I published it. It was great. I mean, it, like it felt relief because, you know, when you write something that long, I'm sure the 10,000 words, you're like ah, a sense of relief when it's finished, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but people have moved on and yeah. like I lost that sort of the momentum that I created for this initially. And now I had to go back and recreate the moment over and over again. And I felt like this is so unlike me. This is so unlike me, you know? Yeah. So on one hand, I was proud that I published a massive behemoth of a digital product. Respect to everybody who creates, it's not easy, right? We talked about this, you said totally. this earlier too, it's not easy, it looks easy, but it's not. products are not easy. Yeah. But at the same time, I realized, man, no. The next, the lesson I learned was, Going forward, I will never, ever build anything in silo without learning mm. what they want, you know? That's, and it's a very hard lesson to grasp. Even for me, it, the building public guy, it's just yeah. hard. That, well, that's cool that you shared that with people um, because I think everyone like looks and because you do build in public and right. they're like, oh, he must be building everything in public. Right. But, but so it's cool. That was, to, my to, fail. To, to, that was my failure. And, yeah. I, I, and I, when I hit publish, I felt that I was, I, I, like, I felt that I should acknowledge this as a failure because... Mm. I could have done this the other way. Like actually the real KP would have done this chapter by chapter, teasing you yeah. know, each chapter, yeah. and like throwing out some chapter names and saying if it resonates or not. Because here's the thing, yeah. we just throw out a chapter name on Twitter or a link on LinkedIn post and write like four or five blur, I mean, uh, blur points, not really fill it out. And if it got one like, I can kill the chapter. 
But if there is yeah. another chapter that I throw out and that that's like resonating in like 55 mm -hmm. comments, that's the one that I should write. I never thought of totally. it this way. I just went into like my old school teacher mindset or like school mindset yeah. where I'm like, oh, I got to write a curriculum. I got to fill this out. No. Yeah. You don't fill in the blanks. Yeah. This is music. Live performance. Yeah. You, you have to play melody. Let people this resonate. Kill the rest. Mm. And that should be mm. your single. Like, opener right and this yeah. is the lesson i learned i'm like damn next time i'm gonna do this that's what i'm gonna do yeah yeah i love that that's a cool cool story and a cool analogy the the you know put a melody out see how the yeah. how the audience responds there's a there's another like side benefit to that as well is that other musicians could hear it and they're like oh i'm gonna lay a bass line on that nice. and, you know like so so like that also happens right yeah. when you put stuff out in public and like people that can actually help you on that journey as partners or employees or whatever also start to come right. out of the woodwork you know and then and, so there's just so you, many benefits when you do the final piece with all these 67 people involved they all feel like they were part of this so they will amplify totally. the heck out of it. Right? Exactly. And this is how what we learned exactly. when we did the founding mentors or founding fellows at On Deck. Yeah. Right? Exactly. We laid out invitations. We didn't design, like I remember you were like, you the announcement was out. The founding fellows got the invitations to join. I think like there was a bunch of the sales materials going out, and you still didn't have your curriculum yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For ODCC. And I same thing with ODCC. Yeah. And totally. I think that's 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 a good thing, you know, because the curriculum came from my conversations with people. My interviews on Twitter, yeah, on, and, uh, actually, yep, real interviews. Exactly. Remember, we did the on sales interview, like yeah, like bring them on, and I would ask them, "Why well, are you struggling with no code?" And they would say something like Webflow. Or yeah. I'm like, "Oh, if eight out of ten people on my this week's interviews have said Webflow, yeah. I gotta get Webflow on there." Totally. You totally. know, so I think it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so many, so many benefits to this, and that's a that's a good. I guess I just I love. Yeah, I mean, this go back to the same point you, you made earlier, but just if people need to remember this, that even the building public guy yeah. found this hard to do. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't easy. It's, and it is not intuitive for us. I think it's not intuitive yeah. for us as humans, you know, because yeah. of probably decades of school system or whatever. We just see right. when you see the word curriculum, you just see that oh, it's a fill in the blank. Let's go fill it in. Yeah. Instead of saying curriculum should be co-created, co people yeah. who need exactly. it most. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so 100%. one last point about give us a 30 second recap of what does actual total enablement mean? I know. Yeah. We start with what does enablement mean? Yeah. So enablement, it's a funny thing. It's a, it's a function that exists. Per, so first of all, I only learned about this. I didn't know this role existed at the beginning of last year, mm -hmm. beginning of 2022. Okay. So I, it's like a, I just discovered it. The role itself is only 10 to 12 years old, which is that kind of blows my mind because you know, it is like a legit function in it. So the interesting thing is primarily B2B SaaS companies. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's this whole world. So it's like Salesforce, one of the first people where, you know, when they brought everything from on-prem to the cloud, they could now suddenly sell to everyone everywhere in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now they needed to scale this like gigantic team of mm -hmm. sellers for the products of Salesforce. And to do that, they had to get an enablement mm. function. Like it's all the, so how do we get, how do we make sure these sellers have everything they need when they need it to be able to be great sellers, right? right? So everything from training to, to the, the tools and, and tech that they need to the, the talk tracks and sales scripts and everything, right? So that's like the origin of it. It's only been around for 10, 12 years, kind of around the time Salesforce sort of got going. And so I, I got into this community on LinkedIn through throughout last year and not expecting anything of them, just getting right. to know them. I started inviting them on my podcast and I learned that they think about learning culture, the thing that I'd been talking and writing about for, for, for a year before yeah. to 
they think about it the same way. They just never called it the same thing. Mm. And so total enablement. So the other thing I realized last year is that no one buys learning culture. Mm. It's not like, you know, like people that are in the, the this world get what it means, but like they're not signing the checks, right? Their boss doesn't buy learning culture. It doesn't right. seem self, it doesn't seem value, uh, like, like self-evident. So I needed a word. I needed a way to kind of make, position it a little bit better. Category, so it's essentially, right, yeah. yeah, category, exactly. So total enablement is a, is a repositioning of, the same things I've been writing around learning culture, but focused on sellers. And mm. now here's another cool thing I actually learned in doing that is that, and we know this, like you and I like kind of coming up in the startup world and, and is like the more like niche you can be, yeah. the more, the, the better. That's also I, hard to do. Just like the it's also thing. really it's hard. so hard oh, to it's do. It's really yeah. hard. Really hard. It's taken me, again, it's taken me five years of this company to like mm. figure this out. But niching down, what I've learned is actually helps me. I use language that is more specific yeah. now. And so now it has more meaning yeah. uh, to the right people. Right. And that's yeah. really cool. So now I'm not talking in like vague platitudes anymore. I'm talking in like really specific practical right. stuff. And now people go, yeah, I get, I, yeah. I know what that is, you know? Yeah. And so, so that's kind of, yeah. you know, the metaphor that came to mind, uh, cause you know, I know you and I, we, you, you speak, how many languages do you speak? Like at least two? Just two. Just two. two. I speak yeah. three. And like there are people that we know, like speak six, seven, eight. Right. And I think yeah. what, just the metaphor that came to me is so stupid, but I have to say it, which is, when a lot of the times we, you know, people, when they have an offering, they try to be multilingual, like yeah. every possible language, you know, yeah. like it, it, we appeal to everybody and all the sens sensibilities and all that. Yeah. By doing that, you're really not appealing to anybody. You know, you're exactly. like, you're just like a collection of vanilla. Yeah. Right. Like, as opposed to if you can appeal to a dialect. Now that's like not even a language. Yeah. Net. Yeah. Straight up, yeah. I if I meet somebody on the street, if they speak the Telugu dialect, the Telugu is the dialect that mm. you know, the version of Telugu that I speak is so unique that if mm. I see someone talk to me or talk to Neil about about anything in that dialect, there's an instant connection right there. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is cool, you know. Mm. But that means niching down, right? You can't yeah, just totally. like, have a broad, you know, yeah. thing and like appeal to everybody, and it's hard. It's hard to like, hard. get our minds to agree to this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the biggest fear of holding me back up until now was like, if I'm too niche, like it didn't make, it just felt like I was like not going after the biggest possible market. Yeah. Um, the TAM discussion and yeah. the niche discussion are so like, yeah. they're so contradictory. Conflicting. conflicting yeah, exactly. And yet like all you have to know, know is that it's, you actually have to first you have to niche first so that yeah. you can, yeah. you can then, you can always scale up. You can yeah. always, you know, get different verticals or, or whatever. I, the, um, the, the one thing too here, Andrew, this is something I'm struggling with too even now, right? Like I do, I have a vast surface area of offerings right now, mm, right? Mm. I help early state startups with growth. I do like podcast. I have the Twitter, content creation, community building. I'm also struggling with the same thing with the like, camera. Like I can do many things. Um, but to your point, like, I, until recently, I haven't over-delivered any of these. I know these, I can do those. Yeah. But to over-deliver, you have to pick one. Like yeah. literally, like over-deliver as in like that person should be shocked that yeah. you're doing this for How, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that can only happen if I pick one. And I, I keep thinking about this. What would be the thing that it's so easy for me because of who I am, my background, unique experiences, et cetera, that if I just did 100 or 110% of something, that would mm. look like 500% for that person. 
mm-hmm. they will be like telling their friends because mm-hmm. that is the hard part to get any category off the ground or any of the yeah. offering off the ground. It's that it has to be yeah. so good that they think you're cheating. Yeah. And they think that they're <laughs> well getting the better end of the deal. Like Alex Hermosi yeah. talks about all this time. Like it doesn't matter how much the price they're paying. They should always walk away feeling like they're yeah. getting the better end of the deal, even though they're paying mm-hmm. 250K. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they should only feel bad happen about that. If they feel like <laughs> yeah. they're getting a million dollar value. Exactly. Like this, this, this guy's an idiot. Like they the should feel like way... an idiot for exactly. undercharging them, you know? Exactly. But that can only happen if you choose one area and then just go ham on it. Oh, exactly. You know? And um, something I'm learning the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that the hard way uh, up until. Um, like sometime last year, honestly, yeah. like it, it was also four or five years of lessons yeah. uh, and punches in the face. Cause I got, so, I was like, so shy. even like on deck for yeah. me, that whole thing was, um, a, a great experience and I'm really glad I did it, but it took me away from what I'm doing now. Mm. And it was cool. It was fun. It was sexy. I also learned a shitload. I learned yeah. about marketing and stuff a lot in doing that. So that has helped, but yeah, it was only in stripping. I had a lead gen business cause mm. like I thought, you know, I had built a way to do it that was good for me and so i thought it would be great for that i had that on the side i did some learning communities after on deck at the end of last year i just stripped all okay. of it. so the the legion went Mostly, away like yeah. in the beginning of that year but yeah I, no then i stripped all of it wow. away and now this year all i do is total enablement yeah and the, and the offer related to that that's I, it i love it that's it. i love it i think yeah. even like choosing within sales as a function a sub-function called sales enablement. I think it's so mm-hmm. disciplined, you know? And yeah. either, no, you'll, you'll learn very quickly whether it's resonating or not because it's very clear. Exactly. And you'll go talk to it's these so, sales enablement leaders. You know how to find them. Right, you know how to find them. Yeah. You can search them on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm yeah, so happy yeah. for you, man. I, I feel, yeah, Thank sorry. you. No, I just wanted to say like the same thing we said in every other cool, like this has been a series of insights that you and I have managed to tease out from our hard-won experience. It's also not easy. Right. Yeah. Letting go of all the things and focusing it also not the easy thing not to easy. do. And it's taken, but, you know, yeah, we're still learning. I, ha- I have a, I have a whiteboard next to me and then there's like a word that's like focus on there. It's so hard. Yeah. Focusing yeah. on one. I think especially in this increasingly interconnected, expansive world we live in right now, which is like, it's, yeah, everyone's got a portfolio of projects. So you got the podcast, yeah. you got your LinkedIn, yeah. you got, and you have so many things. And then there's business, like the actual sales, actual stuff, like, yeah. which, you know, focus is so key, you know? And so again, key. another thing that I'm like, because I don't have a paycheck now, I'm unemployed, fun employed. Mm-hmm. I am like mm-hmm. ruthless now. When I spend like yeah. an hour on sales, I'm like, I do 15 pushups and then go to the sales thing. I'm like, I'm going to just destroy you because nobody yeah, is yeah, as yeah. hungry as literally as I am hungry in this one hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So <laughs> yeah. I'm like thinking about focus means time boxing something saying okay this two hour mm-hmm. window i'm going to do sales and i'm not going to think about anything else phone's going to be on mm. another room or something i'm just going to go on mm-hmm. the call whatever i'm going so this last an hour and a half with you i mm. felt this is the highest energy that i have given for this podcast interview period same same literally and and, yeah. and you and you know and this level of presence is i think is focus because i can't really yeah. do this monk like focus i'm not that I can't yeah, do this yeah. like, oh, just do one thing 1,500 times. Like, that's not me. <laughs> no. The closest thing to great focus I can come to, I think, is being absolutely present and destroying distractions yes. in the moment. You know what this reminds me of is I actually just watched it this morning. And it was just like, I don't know how I got onto it, but it was Rick Rubin, you know, the, the, yeah. the music producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he wrote he, a book or something and, recently, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So he's been on like Ferris and he's been on a lot of like podcasts. Right. And this was on Huberman, Andrew Huberman's podcast. Oh, nice. 
And it was a YouTube clip of the podcast and it was around his creative process specifically. And Rick Rubin describes it as, um, you know, he, he shows up with, you know, for the recording and, and like, yeah, you know, like he gets into like how, like, you know, it's not him that creates it. It's like, it's not him that makes the, the magic happen. The musicians have to do it, yeah. but like he can be there to create the conditions. But this is the key part. He said his creative process is like, he goes in there and he's like fully 100%, like his whole self is mm. in that that thing yeah for it could be 40 minutes it could be five hours whatever wow. like that time is right but he is fully in it and then he steps out of that thing and he completely forgets about it so yeah he doesn't think about it wow. at all and he moves and then this is the i think this is the part that really clicked for me it was like he's like i don't then just go and do nothing i have project a b c and d and I, so i'm going you know one to the other and i'm going into it 100 percent yeah for however long it takes and then i get up and i know i don't think about that project again and i do the same thing with the next yeah. one and the next one and like to me that was just like yes that's, that's exactly what what i, I think i'm that's, doing yeah i mean yeah. i think you know when you swim you swim when you run you run you should exactly about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah you can't be thinking about yeah. running when you're swimming you know like you just have to be exactly. immersed quite literally in in what you're doing there present yeah dude this yeah. is fun man this is amazing this is um, always, always, this is always fun. Yeah. I feel like so folks who are listening, you know, um, I hope that you got the sense of the sense of being a fly on the wall of how a, a real KP and Andrew conversation, because this is exactly yeah. how our convos go. I've always been in the last yeah. few years. It's a blessing yeah. and it's an honor to have you as my friend. And our energies are so aligned about many, many things, Andrew. So thank mm -hmm. you so much. And uh, looking forward to your, you know, baller year, man. KP, man, thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying all that. And I mean, just for, I've learned so much from you, man. And so it's it's always cool to come here and we have these like these moments to um, almost recharge. like consummate yeah. those. Yeah, you recharge, yeah. but also consummate those yeah. learnings and like kind of discuss the stuff and like, and recharge as well, man. I, I walk away with so much more energy than, than I came into yeah. it. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course, on. welcome.